Hello everyone and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines uh, with myself Gary Middleton um, and special guest today your UEFAC coach of Villa, Scott Noble. Welcome along Scott from the sidelines. Thanks for having us. Cheers Gary. Great Scott just before we start because um, we're going to discuss the UEFAC qualification. Um, could you just explain to everyone your your current role um, and your in your role within England Learning? Yeah, so I've got a sort of dual role really with England Learning. So the first, the main main role for me is is working as a UFSC coach developer. So um, what you used to call it, an FA tutor, basically. So you, you're working with sort of 28 to 32 coaches per course to support them through the the old level two, as you call it now. But it is UF accredited now, so some coaches will see that as more high, more highly qualified, if you like. But you know, the, the concept of the level two is, is still there. Um, the only thing that's changed is the, the way it's set up. So we're going to talk about it a little, a little bit later, I'm sure, but it's not all face-to-face learning. There's a kind of hybrid model now. Um, so we have to be there as coach developers, support them through the face-to-face learning, as well as any online online engagement that is required. And obviously that there is still a visit involved, but it's not, it, it's not as intense, I, I wouldn't say anymore. It's more of a relaxed environment now. So my job there is to is to support them through that um, over sort of fifteen to sixteen week period. Yeah, and so we we we're going to discuss this qualification, um, Scott, and and it's, it's for I suppose coaches that have either completed the old level one um, or have done the introduction to coaching football, which is the, the new version of the of the level one now, which is an all online um, course. Um, for coaches that are wanting to, to develop their knowledge and, and progress within their coaching journeys, um, I suppose the first thing we're going to discuss is the application process to get accepted on the UEFAC at present is, is challenging for grassroots coaches out there, coaches working, uh, starting on their journeys. Um, and I suppose there's some disappointment comes along there from when people aren't accepted onto the course, whatever that reason being uh, that England Learning have made that decision uh, due to the application process. Yeah, I mean, you're right, it is disappointing, but it's it's the same with coaching in general, I suppose. It's You work your way up a ladder and you try and get as, as many qualifications as you want, depending on what level you want to work at. But ultimately, it's about trying to be as resilient as possible. And the best thing you can do if you are in that position of being disappointed of not getting on the course is to continue to, to coach, continue working with your players, continue to learn, continue to attend CPD events with Northumberland FA, with obviously you've got some fantastic events coming up with Newcastle Academy, you've had some in the past, any FA coach developers that you want to go and observe, go and observe them because the content you will see on the course is more than likely going to be evident on those CPD events anyway. So even though you're not getting the qualification, it's a, a very good way of gaining knowledge as well. So CPD events, for me, networking, meeting other people is the best non-qualification you can probably get. So stick with it, is my advice. And don't don't get your heads down because there will come a point where you are successful on the course. And you know when you are successful, there's no reason why you can't build your CV up and build your your base knowledge up with other qualifications from um, from around football anyway. It doesn't have to be that this yeah. you know specific pathway towards the top level if you like. So 
stick with it and just keep observing the best. Yeah, Scott. Something I was something I was going to uh, ask you is, you know, should should these grassroots coaches should they be asking themselves what is the reason that they want to go on the course in the first place? Um, you know, is it that they just want a certificate? Because as we know, there's you know there's, there's coaches out there that just want to keep gaining them certificates to have them certificates on their CV, um, or is it that we need it for our employment? You know that coaches working within the game need that qualification to progress within with that employee, uh, or is it just that we want to be more knowledgeable? Um, yeah, yeah, just your thoughts around that, really. Yeah, I think you're right. Just expanding on what you said, really. So there are different reasons why people want any qualification, not necessarily UEFC. Employment is, for me, one of the biggest ones. So a lot of professional organisations, when it comes to coaching, will require UEFC now as a sort of bare minimum or working towards that. So some people who are in casual with casual contracts, part-time work, will look at that and think, yeah, I need I need this. Um, some people want it for a CV, as you as you say. Some people want want to chase that certificate. Some people want it for the profile of being a UEFA qualified coach. But my my advice to anyone who wants to go on the course is to to do it for the right reasons. Ultimately, you're there for the players. So if you're just there to chase qualifications and you want it to heighten your ego, don't do it. You just you're basically spending money that you shouldn't be spending. Ultimately, if you're doing it to enhance your players' knowledge and develop them in the best way possible, then by all means, apply, get on it, take on board what's said on the course. If you've got ambitions to work in the pro game, then naturally that's going to be what you want to do. Then look at UEFA-B. But I think what something I've definitely took from the, the two years I've done the, the role is that people want to get their ASAP. Yeah. People don't want to get there at the right times. So mm-hmm. if you feel ready to be a level a level two coach, if you like, then yes, by all means, do it. If you feel ready to jump on the UEFA B course after, then do it. But, you know, I've had conversations with people who will just be happy with the UEFA C and that's it for the rest of their mm. lives because they feel like the knowledge and content they've gained from the course will be enough for their players because they might be working yeah. with like under, under 10s team. So do it for the right reasons because, as as we've said, cost is cost is big in, in the mm. courses now in football learning so don't spend money you, you don't need to spend basically mm. yeah yeah you're quite right Scott and it's weighing up them pros and cons of um, you know the cost of the course uh, to gain that qualification on what you can take away as you've already mentioned around CPD opportunities within Northumberland FA's coach to coach programme is one example Durham FA coaches that, that that are listening in from Durham FA, another fantastic programme with loads of uh, varied learning opportunities. So there's so much that you can take away um, from face-to-face learning with these CBD events that we offer, as well as online learning as well. Um, but I think a key, f- and you've already mentioned it, Scott, that the key for me is getting out in the grass and, and practising with your groups and um, developing their environments that that you use, you know, with, with the different age groups, um, and really reflecting on your practices. So I think it's too easy, isn't it? That we'll deliver a session, uh, and we we'll just think it's going to work every time, which isn't reality. 
Um, some things will work some weeks um, and others won't for whatever reason and it's important that we reflect on them um, to change our coaching uh, for the purpose of what players like you say yeah without a doubt it's it's something that we need to understand and what the skill is of coaching really so observing sessions and coaches is, is one thing but Translating that into how your what your players understand from that session is is the skill for me. So I could stand there and watch ten sessions and deliver those ten sessions to players I work with, and not none of them could work because the messages are different, because the skill level is different, because the way I pro, I've processed that information I've been I've watched and I've listened to is different. You've got to be yourself as a coach. So yes, take snippets out of sessions you might you might like. But ultimately, you need to translate that into, first of all, what you understand, the, lang- the common language you understand within, within your club. And then, you know, do your players actually know what you, you're saying? So if you're watching an under-18 session and you've got an under-19 team, the language is going to be completely different. So you need to put yourself in the shoes of the players. So they're the most important thing, as I've already said. What do they actually understand from your, from your words? What do they take from you? Because ultimately, you know, you're the most trustworthy person within that session, so they need to take on board everything that you say, really. Mm. Yeah, fantastic, Scott. Scott, we're going to look at some of the coaches that I, that I, that I want to jump onto the onto the C UFC course. We're going to look at what the course consists of, um, just so people have got a little bit of awareness of of what that they're uh, they're coming to. Uh, so I've just I've I've put so, down some topics yeah from the course and just if we can just discuss them together. Um, we're looking at definitely on mode one. We're looking at the principles of play in the practice spectrum. Yeah, so I mean the principles of play are consistent throughout any any course you do really. So from from the old level one um, all the way through to the, to the pro license. Without having that qualification, of course, I assume that that you know never changes. Really, the principles of play are always going to be there. So uh, you're looking at how we how we attack, how we defend. Basically, that's that's the game, isn't it? So, and we try and cater those principles of play towards everybody in terms of again, if you're working with the youth development phase, if you're working with the foundation phase, if you're working with adult adult learner, uh, adult players as well, we try and cater cater the principles of play and the sessions we deliver towards that as well. We also have other topics and concepts of, in the course. So we, we look at the step principle. So space, time, equipment, people. Again, that's consistent throughout any any course we do. Um, we're looking at the whole part whole side of the game. So some of the sessions you might deliver, you might prefer to deliver games, but there's, there's the elements to it where you might break it down and look at specifics of of areas of the pitch and then we might go back into a game and what do your players take from that we look at core moves so two and three player, player combinations which again you know the, the message is, is pretty pretty thorough uh, pretty clear here sorry is that the game doesn't change for anyone it's just the messages and how we deliver the sessions change um, but some of the topics we cover again playing forward playing forward we, we want to try and score more goals in the opposition that's that's kind of the aim of football, isn't it? Um, individual defending, but as opposed to just trying to slide tackle, we look at intercepting. How can we get ourselves in a position to 
intercept and block as opposed to always having to tackle. So we look at how we work with those players on that one. We also have case studies. Now, these case studies are realistic to what you might find yourself in a position of. So is it that your team's struggling to to finish, to score goals? So some of the sessions we deliver are based on improving your team's finishing. Um, We're looking at pressing as well. So for me, this this is where one of the most enjoyable parts of the course is to work on pressing because it's probably the, the area coaches don't understand mm. a lot about, really. So yeah. we ask, when we ask the question and say, what do you understand about pressing? Generally, the message will come back and say, try and win the ball back. It's not necessarily the case. So trying to, trying to help coaches understand what that looks like, for me, is a, a very enjoyable part of the mm. game. It's not really something defending we, we focus on as much as in possession. Yeah. We want players to be technically gifted, but players can also be technically gifted out of possession as well. So making the coaches understand what that looks like is, is a very enjoyable part of the course and something the coaches should embrace when if they want, they want to do the course as well. Mm. If we can get both both bits right, then you know, you're gonna develop your players in possession, out of possession and, you know, help them find their position on the pitch as well. Yeah. Yeah. So do you just want to touch on the, the practice spectrum that we'll look at as well on the C? Um, you know, them unopposed practices, opposed practices, overloads, and the importance around them being introduced into our practice designs to support player development? Yeah, sure. So everything has a place for me. Uh, everything has a place. So a lot of people will think or feel that games is the way to go to develop players. Others will feel unopposed practices are the way to go. There's no, to, to give you a cliche, there's no right and wrong way to do it, but we have to value all of it. So the unopposed, unopposed with interference. So if anyone doesn't know what that is, basically that means players are not there to necessarily win the ball. Players might be there as another team in possession, but just trying to provide some sort of interference or a challenge to to help other players to see what, what spaces might occur when this happens, you know, what players might be available, how can the player who you want the player to could pop up in a different space. So they're not necessarily there to win the ball, they're just there to be in the way almost. Um, and you've got overloads, underloads, so how can you, how can a 3v2 help, help you score a goal? How can a 2v3 out of possession um, win the ball or recover from a, a counter-attack? And then we've obviously got the game itself, so a 4v4 game. So we want to try and guide the coaches towards from unopposed into the game. How does it how does it look consistent? How does it look in a game? Because that again, that's a skill of a coach. How can you coach an unopposed session and the game and make it look the same? Mm. And those key messages are are important. Um, yeah. That's why yeah. they're key messages ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Not coaching behaviours. So, observation, added value, feedback, which we touched on reflection a little bit earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, coach behaviours, the the word behaviours, people can get misconstrued with that and think it means I don't have to run up and down the line and start celebrating, you know, throwing my arms up in the air. It's not necessarily that. It's, 
it's how we how we communicate to our players, as you've already said. There's different ways to communicate with your players. So it could be individual individual conversations. It could be group conversations. If you're working with an 11 aside team, it could be unit conversations as well. So you know whatever session you want to set up with your players, those key coach behaviours should be involved within that as well, within that yeah. session plan. So how do I want to actually communicate to my players? How do I want to intervene? How do I want to, you know, what coaching style do I want to, do I want to use? Do I want to be quite command because I want my players to improve technically within, within an unopposed session? But I know I can be more commanding because it's unopposed. So there's not necessarily anybody in the way to stop me from improving that. Um, but the match day scenarios will, can help with that as well. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to touch on that a little bit. But the match day scenarios can help with that, even though it is setting your players up to improve on a match day. It's also how you how you act on the touchline, how you act with your players, sometimes how you act with your parents as well, because you know, that can be a that can be a barrier to participation sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah, the importance between your practices relating to the match day coming up are really relevant within the course program itself. Yeah. Uh, so when we look at match day, um, you touched on the the challenges that we set, uh, but it's also important to look at, you know, the environment that we create for the players, the boys yeah. and girls on a, on a weekend, um. The relationships and that confidence and building confidence for them. Yeah, so one of the things we touch on in the, one of the first days of the course is introduction activities or activation activities. So when your players arrive to training, what do they do? Do they just wait for everybody else to turn up? Do they, do they play in a little one v one game? Do they? Does your session is your session actually start before the session starts if that makes sense yeah it's a pre-session so do you sit the two of the players that um that arrive early right get yourself in a 1v1 or to try and beat your opponent as many times as possible because your theme is dribbling you might say in a what as two players can you try and score as many goals as possible by hitting the back of the net only with no goalkeeper because your theme might be finishing so Again, that's match day, match day preparation. It's match day behaviours because you are connecting and engaging with the players when they arrive. They make, they're making them feel valued. And what normally happens is if that happens, your players start arriving earlier and earlier and earlier. So then players want to be there. Players feel valued from the get-go. And then they can build those relationships with each other, connections. And as they go through the ages in the, in the phase groups, they understand each other more. Um, so they understand how to behave, how to how to play, um, and in your core, sort of core values and beliefs are translated and you know relevant throughout the mm. sort of time you're working with those players as well. Yeah, great. We've, we've, we've spoken a little bit there then on the on the content, um, Scott. How do you? Well, how do the 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 coaches? Um, complete the qualification. What does it consist of? There's a few bits. A few bits to it. We've already discussed some of it, but the first part of the course is the broadcast. So the broadcast is a, a very small introduction to what the course actually consists of. Um, 
I think what, what's important here is that all coaches are expected to complete all elements of the course. And I'll explain why in a minute. But broadcast is the first point of contact. So introducing yourselves informally because it's, it's over computer, so it's not face-to-face. So just putting the name to a face, almost just understanding what the course consists of. The next point of contact is your face-to-face days. So you do six face-to-face days over three blocks. You do two days each. Um, obviously, we cover different topics in those face-to-face days. In between the face-to-face days, we have two different online elements. So we have individual conversations online and we have group conversations online. Both similarities and differences, but the similarities are that you're sharing good practice. So what have you actually delivered in your sessions so far since we last seen each other? As a group conversation, it's what are we sharing good practice? So, well, I think we don't, I don't think we share good stories or good news stories enough as coaches. Mm. We feel a little bit fearful of it because how are we going to, we're going to be judged. So that's a really good opportunity to share those good news stories as well. But it's also progress reports. So saying this is where you are currently in your learning and can you get can you get to this point by the next time we see you? So you're setting them a little bit of a smart target. Mm. Um, you've also got the development visit. Now that development visit can come at any point during the course. It's whenever the coach developer and the coach feel comfortable enough and in a position where they look at and go, yeah, you're ready to be observed is, is the word, but it's not necessarily the right word because it's a, it's a more relaxed environment than it used to be. It used to be sort of three, three visits um, and then you get feedback as to where you, you know, are you good enough to, to pass the course almost? It's development. That's what it is. It's, it's there to help you and help you understand where you're at. It's not going to be perfect, but ultimately the reason it's in in your environment is because that's where you're supposed to be most most comfortable and mo- most at ease. Um, some coaches might not be ready yet, but that's okay. Um, and it goes back to any point of why do you want to do the qualification? Are you are you ready to do it or are you not? Some people, some coaches might need six more months. Some, some coaches might need another year, which has happened previously. But that's okay. There's no there's no criticism on that. It's just whenever you feel feel ready to do that. And I suppose the last part is ultimately what's going to make, help you pass the course is the, is the tasks away from everything else. So away from the face to face, away from the online elements. You must deliver, you must plan ten sessions, and three must be linked. Three must be linked. Okay, that's where coaches fall down a little bit sometimes. They just plan ten completely separate sessions, but you must have three separate uh, three linked sessions sorry and obviously they're uploaded to a, a platform on England football learning your coach developer has a look at those and deems you competent or not competent based on that work as well and the duration is about 12 weeks isn't it Scott start to start to finish yeah so yeah so from the broadcast I'd say as a, as a broad as a broad kind of estimate I would look at 12 to 16 weeks as as a um, as a course duration, but you know something else I haven't really mentioned yet is that if you're going to be committing to the course, make sure you can actually be on the course. Um, yeah. Some coaches have applied previous previously on courses and you know emailed us and said that they can't make these days, which I feel I feel it's a bit unfair on coaches who have applied. Yeah, genuinely want to be there and committed, and they've took days off work for it. So if you if you feel you know if you can't make certain days, 
then you know don't take up somebody else's space. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a bit brutal, but you know we want we need people on the course who can be there basically. Yeah, it's going to help you ultimately. So. Yeah, Scotty, what would what would be your advice for coaches that are wanting to progress uh, from the I2CF? Not necessarily to go on the course, yeah, but just yeah, there, the, some advice for them out there. Yeah, I mean, progress looks different for everybody, I suppose. So yeah. progress, yeah. progress might be the qualification, but, you know, 90% of coaches I've, I've spoke to about the game will deem progress as... Where do you where do you see yourself your players from A to B, mm. and how are you going to get there? And if you get there with them players, that's progress. If you want to go and observe coaches and a CPD event, I would always recommend that. I would always recommend networking because your networking opportunity might be a WhatsApp message. Did you see that analysis last night? What do you think of this? And that's an opportunity to progress with your learning. I've watched so many coaches over the years. And I've took so much from a 10, 15 minute session. I was, I was at a session a few weeks ago. I've already discussed this with, with Jamie Williams in Hexham. And I watched him for half an hour and I took so much from his session. Now I'm there to develop coaches, but actually I'm watching the session as a coach and thinking, mm. I love this. I love these messages. I love this session. And I haven't gained any qualifications from that. All I've yeah. done is observe the session, but I've took so much from it. And don't get too stuck in the fact that you want this qualification or any qualification because you can get so much from away from calls as well. Um, mm. A lot of my knowledge has come from just watching, taking things on board from other people. So get on the grass, first of all. Get on the grass, coach your players, but also work with somebody you trust. Work with somebody who's got more experience than you, not necessarily more qualified, who's got more experience than you in the game. So who's worked with players for 10, 15, 20, 25 years who knows the game? Work with them because they're going to help you get hopefully to where they are. Mm. So that's my advice. Get on the grass, work closely with you and observe as many coaches as you possibly can because you're not going to take everything from everybody, but you'll definitely get some key messages from all the people you watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice for any any coach out there, Scott. That what you've just said, and uh, we're always learning, as as you've just said, then from from a workshop that you delivered uh, a few weeks ago, you've taken something from co-coaching with alongside someone else. Yeah. Um. So I think that's the coaches of any level, whether it's the playmaker, I two C F, you A for C, you A for B, you A for A. We're always continuing to, to develop. Um, as the game develops, and we need yeah. to be open, open-minded, um, and getting out there on the grass to observing others to gain qualifications, they're all they're all linked together um, yeah. for that process of developing players and developing as individuals within the game. Yeah, um, Scott, it's been a pleasure chatting to you this morning. Um, thank you very much for joining us on from the sidelines. Um, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. No, thanks very much for having us, Gary. Uh, really, really appreciate asking us to come on. Um, hopefully, people who have had a listen have took some value from, from what I've said. Thanks, Scott. No worries. Cheers, mate.